Hi, you're listening to Attention Plus with Arnab Ray right here on the Talking Stuff Network. I'm Vikram Mohan. This is episode 62, recorded on 10th of November India time. Before we proceed, let me tell you about another podcast that you might like, Binge On. If you have ever found yourself staring at your TV at the wall of content and uh, unable to decide what to watch, we are here to help. Every episode features a theme like Hindi web series, Tamil horror, stand-up comedies, documentaries. and our hosts recommend their favorites in each theme so look for binge on that's b i n g e space o n on your podcast app and this week uh, i think i've been binge watching the news which is very unusual for non election time so let's try and get our hosts attention uh, on at least a few of them hey arnab hello now before we talk about the big story obviously which is the a uh, supreme court verdict from yesterday there were a couple of other news items i just wanted to ask you about let's sure. start with the most important one monumental probably perhaps a bit more important than the supreme court judgment which is the removal of the spg cover for the gandhi family yes after that their tragically their security has been del- has now gone down to z plus which in a z plus kind of seems sounds like you know mai jaau ztv dekhne Exactly. <laughs> from from, from Loha and Z Plus seems to be like an enhanced uh, Z Plus uh, Z TV with the with HD even, version of it. <laughs> HD version of it, or or one with even worse TV TV serials. Um, so I, I kind of feel sad for him, but I think again, uh, of of course, this is political. Uh, the removal, but it's also political. Uh, the cover. So I I think that that this is this is this is not something which I'm. overtly concerned about or I'm overtly emotional about I know Rahul Gandhi was over, was very emotional about this on on Twitter but uh somehow I just I just cannot share I just cannot share his sentiment at least on this point <laughs> yeah the, in fact till you said z i didn't strike me because of course in india we used to calling it z plus z. so that yes. connection never struck <laughs> stuck wait, wait, wait. in india it's it, that, that channel was never called z it was called z z z z Yeah, but the, yeah. Z-E-E. Yes, yes. It does exactly. It does Z E E. And of course, the next one was something which I guess uh, people have. Uh, I'm not sure whether it made the mainstream news, but this is something which uh, which has been a raging controversy on the Twitter sphere. I'm not sure about Mastodon yet, but at least on Twitter. I don't. What is Mastodon? I mean, it's. I mean, the the, the first five letters. <laughs> I I just can't get beyond first five letters. <laughs> There's something else I'm expecting after those first after those uh, five. Let me put it this way: uh, Mastodon is the new Google Plus. So okay, okay. I'm pretty sure it will meet the same fate. So <laughs> pretty much. So uh, here, of course, there, there's this whole Atish Tasir controversy. Honestly, I was not aware of this gentleman beyond uh, every now and then seeing articles by him tweeted here and there. I've never read any of them. so uh, i do i did see of course his uh, mother tavleen singh writing a i think oped or something where she said when she saw this news her first reaction was to call up the home minister and i was like wow okay that's some kind of privilege so why don't you tell us about this because i honestly don't know much about the story so so uh, so it's perhaps the curse of 
of of living in 2019 that when we use the word atish it's atish the seed that we are thinking about and not sanjay <laughs> gupta's movie atish uh it is terrible i would i would rather spend I would rather spend uh, an hour discussing uh, the greatness of atish rather than you know 20 seconds discussing atish the seed but since since we are cursed uh, to live in these current times and Uh, most of my younger listeners and that would possibly be the two of you uh, would not even know what uh, w- what artish is but i'm pretty sure that most of my listeners artish uh, had that ya mustafa which became ya dilruba right yes 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 of yes. course okay That's, yes that, that that is that is the movie and it has it has many other great things including uh well it's, it's actually copied from a hong kong movie so it's yes yes this is all sanjay gupta movies yes yeah, of course so i mean one of one of the high points why i know no this this is about atish tasir but since we're talking about a atish i think one of the high points of my life like you know i really was was the journey of an author worth it i don't know man but the day sanjay gupta started following me on twitter that i just felt so oh he did he does <laughs> I didn't yes, know that. I, I kind of felt that I have arrived. Like Sanjay Gupta knows who I am. I mean, I mean, what could be greater? I mean, I just, anyways, moving on. Um, the 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 artistic controversy. I think you. I, I think what I find amusing about the whole thing is, is absolutely the, this point about the privilege that Mr. Artistic Seed has. So for for those of you who don't know who Artistic Seed is, Artistic Seed is. the son of salman tashir who was uh, who was the governor of punjab and who was assassinated uh, in pakistan and tavleen singh who was a noted journalist and claims to be uh, and we'll come to that claims to be a bjp supporter or claims to be a supporter of this government um and uh, he, so he is he's actually a british citizen he got an uh, a us green card based on marriage and he had an oci which was an overseas citizen of india and as the story goes and there's some truth to the story is because of his critical writings on modi uh, the government decided to and this is the story the government decided to cancel his oci just because he wrote critically about modi it's not true the reason why they decided to cancel his oci was an point the headlines in most british newspapers was the government has cancelled his citizenship the government can't cancel anybody's citizenship he's not a citizen of india he is this is a glorified visa that he has so they cancelled his oci because he had misrepresented who his father was in the oci application so the oci is you are only eligible to be an oci if you're you you're a citizen of another country but your parents are indian and or one of the parents is indian in that respect he he qualifies to be an oci and his oci cannot be rescinded however there is an exception uh, you you one of your parents can't be uh, pakistani or bangladeshi now of course uh, i i i saw on twitter and uh, somebody saying the real scandal is this why should citizenship be denied to people whose fathers were pakistani and bangladeshi so first of all a citizenship of india is not denied to those whose parents are pakistani and bangladeshi and if you don't believe me you can ask adnan sam right so that is not right. true what is denied is oci and the reason why it's denied to oci is because of 
the property that many people who migrated to these countries left behind in India. So this is the, the OCI allows you to own property. So this is kind of a tit for tat as far as I understand it measure because these countries don't allow Indians to own property there. And because there are a lot of pe people who do have property here because of part. That's why those two countries were chosen, by the way. It, it was not chosen for any other reason. And that and you can say, well, it's silly, whatever it is, that there is a reason why that's for OCI, but that's not for Indian citizenship. So there is no discrimination here. The government decided and, and most countries in the US has, I mean, there are countries from which it's virtually impossible to immigrate into India, like Syria or Iraq. So every country has its full right to restrict nationalities from immigrating to the country. So that is what OCI is. Now, how did the government realize it then? Well, it's fairly obvious why. Because Atish Tasid, that part is true. That the, the reason that Atish Tasid has been writing against the government, somebody in, in the office said, can, can we look at his uh, OCI application, please, and see you know, how did he get in? Because everybody knows who's his, who his father is. And the, the, the point is, again, is that this, this guy's privilege, this, is, this I think is the most amusing part of it, is that honestly, he's nothing great in, he, he's nothing great in terms of his literary abilities. I mean, again, I've read what he's written. Um, he, he really has no great influence in literary terms, except of course, in, in circles of mutual cultural masturbation, you know, as we all know that, that that exists and that exists purely because of his privilege, because of who his father is, because of who his mother is. And that's why he's, he's accepted into that exalted circle. So he's, he's nobody special and yet, yet he gets to rant on his immigration status in time magazine, in wall street journal. Imagine for most, most other people of South Asian origin, the only place they can rant about immigration is on immigrationboards.com. That's it. That's the only place they can rant about. And this guy and the, the chutzpah of this, of this person is that he wrote an article in Wall Street Journal, which was, which was written after he got his green card. Now, getting a green card for many South Asians is, 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 as, is as enormous a life event as their testicles descending. So I understand that he was extremely, extremely happy. And so he wrote this kind of unhinged piece, I would say, in the Wall Street Journal saying that I now possess a document, uh, uh, my, my green card in a place where documents mean something, not like all these shitty countries like India and Pakistan, where they don't mean anything. Now, the, 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 the amusing part is that when he's getting a document in a country in which by his own admission documentation matters, he's not lying about, you know, the, 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 the citizenry of his, of his father. But when he's getting it in India, where he, by his own admission, says that, you know, things don't matter, documents don't matter, he decides, and his, his explanation was that, that, that because his father kind of, you know, abandoned him and everything, that he kind of self-identifies as Indian. Okay, honestly speaking, first of all, I don't know if you said that on your, on your green card application, because pretty sure if they know that, that would be rejected too. I'm also pretty sure that you're smart enough not to have done that. Second is, it doesn't matter what you self-identify as. This is the law. Okay. And your application is, uh, and he, he knows very well the consequences of lying on a federal form in the US. That same thing will happen in India. And I'm glad it has happened. Now, 
it, it is it is again it comes back to his privilege that he gets to complain about these things and this guy essentially lied on his and whatever it is whatever he feels now there was also like on twitter there's like this atish tasir is an islamist no he's not an islamist if you have read his articles he's not islamist he's he's a person who's basically post religion he does not believe in any religion he is the, the kind of that sing song you know he writes in that sing song western orientalism style of the of the 1800s you know the exotic venara's hearts and oh so so he's he's kind of this he's kind of this exotic exotic very western it's it's, it's not really for indian audiences it's for the western audience and it, and the western audience looks at him as kind of an an an, an exotic person himself in in, in many respects and i'm, I'm absolutely fine with chamas and stuff you know no, he doesn't talk about snake charmers he's a little bit more sophisticated that than that he knows that that in that in us intellectual psych circles if you talk about uh, snake charmers in this day and age you will you will be slotted as an orientalist so he basically uses the language of orientalist but in a in a more jazzed up millennial way i would say but you know he's he's no one of any significance by the way he's not he's not he's not a rajdi he's not a namrtha sen he's he's, he's 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 zero influence on anything except except that he has a hotline to editors in in influential uh, magazines that's it that you know if he writes an article it will immediately get covered and that itself will give him his voice and and the irony of this is is fine the irony of these people with the super amount of privilege then keep on writing about how how terrible are other people's privileges are and how we should take take it away from them while while using their own privilege and this for me is the supreme irony and again we coming back to tavleen singh i don't know she i know she is a she, she called the home minister who is she to call the home ministry and i th- i read her article where we said for 5 years i supported the the bjp government that's precisely the point the fact that you expect that because you supported the bjp government that the government will overlook this that's precisely what's not supposed to happen so you're basically damning your case by your first lines and it's not even true that you really supported the bjp government for you know for somebody who's read your articles you tavleen singh is basically pissed off at sonia gandhi if you've read her book darbar that's really all it's about it's a very it's a very entertaining book but it's all about how pissed off she is at the gandhi family that does not necessarily make you a bjp supporter okay that does not necessarily you may want to again self identify as one but whatever it is i think the larger point is that whether you are a supporter of the government or not the fact is your son broke the law and again it's it's a it's not a big deal but he loses his oci he loses a visa he does not nobody's taking back his citizenship and if he really really self identifies in that in that kind of in in, in that i'm kind of searching for the words to use here but in that article where he waxed eloquent about his like his love for india if he really loves india so much he can definitely apply and become an indian citizen i think nobody is going to hold his parentage against him because legally they cannot but he doesn't right he wants to stay an uk citizen very understandable he wants to be an us green card holder very understandable as he himself says you know that now i have a document from a civilized country essentially that's what he says in wall street journal and i no longer have to be dependent on the you know vagaries and whims of you know indian pakistan so he is basically somebody is not a islamist or anti hindu anything he basically is the kind of self loathing you know self loathing urban want to be want to be western european but unfortunately cannot but i'm trying my best kind of person and that's perfectly fine i mean it's is entirely his 
his life to lead and whatever he wants to write. It's just that this vilification of, of, in, of, of the Indian government for essentially doing what it was supposed to do in the first place is what gets my goat. And the fact that he has all these platforms to rant on things which should not get any more space other than a small posting on immigration boards. That's it for Atish Tasir for today. I think I've given him way more uh, attention than he <laughs> please deserved. <laughs> okay, give me a second here. I'll have to sure. close the door. Sure. So next topic that I want to discuss with the Ayodhya verdict. So this is this has really been uh, the major topic. Kind of a, we saw again after Article three seventy. Um, it almost now seems years ago now, but it was a few months ago uh, that we have yet another, I would say, almost more than 100 years old uh, dispute. And definitely the dispute that defined the 80s and the 90s and the rise of BJP really being resolved after a long time. So before we start, let's, 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 let's start off with this. Like, if you think that you know, making a hospital or a shopping mall at the site of what once used to be the Babri Masjid was the is the solution, and you consider yourself liberal because you're saying that. Take a second to pause and think about what you're actually saying. Now, if you, I say this not to critique those people who are saying it, because I myself would have been these kinds of people, but the where I distinguish myself from this is. That while you are free to think that, you know, liberals in air quotes, the world revolves around you. The, the, the thing is that liberalism entails understanding that just because something does not mean anything for you does not necessarily mean that it has to be true for everyone. That while you may not associate with, with the concept of Ram or might not believe in it or whatever it is, it's again your choice. That you would think that you could create a you know hospital or a shopping mall, you know, however else you want to trivialize the whole thing. It, it, it's kind of and, and 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 that people who think that that land that that there was the birth actual birthplace of Ram are somewhat lesser intellects than you. Then you've you've basically betrayed the fundamental tenet of liberalism, which is respecting other people's opinions even when they differ with yours. And this is something a recurring theme is that. What Indian liberals, many of them are, are essentially no, dis, no different from fundamentalists. This is, the, this is the defining characteristic of a fundamentalist, that the fundamentalist thinks that what he believes in is somehow morally and intellectually superior than what other people believe in. And so while you do not have to think that there is anything special about that plot of land, and honestly, if you ask me, I agree, neither do I, because I am... For those of you who know me, know me that I'm not, you know, I'm a Hindu, but I'm not a religious Hindu. I, I do not, you know, I, I eat beef. Um, I do not, I'm not observational. I mean, I do Durga Puja, but, and I, you know, do Namaskar and everything, but I do not define myself by religion. It is not a big part of my life. I, I define myself more on the political side of religion rather than on the religious side of religion. But while I wouldn't wouldn't care either way if you know if 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 if, if that if nothing ever happened on that plot or if, or if or if a shopping wall was constructed on the plot, I do not think that it, that I would disrespect 
for those people for whom that plot has or that land is not just land it has a special meaning from them i my notion of liberalism uh, entails that i respect that and i respect that enough not to say that we should have had a hospital or a shopping mall there i think what when what you're saying when you, when you say that you might not mean it in a bad way but it comes across as a kind of trivialization of what that place stands for as an example nobody you wouldn't dare to say that you know the the the, the place where you know the twin towers should be should have should now become a trump plaza or should become a shopping mall you wouldn't say that right so there is a special significance for these places and if you're a liberal and you do not consider yourself a fundamentalist stop talking like one now let me take this a little person i'm not not going to do the standard like babri mad the whole verdict uh, deconstruction which is going on all around the tv channels and again i'm not i wouldn't say i'm competent enough to comment on the legalities of everything so i try not to uh, talk about things which i don't know a lot about unlike my namesake um so i personally think that history cannot be rectified that the unit of accountability is the individual that if i do something wrong i should be punished for it i should be made to make restitution for it but that once i am dead and i am gone you cannot take that out on people who share some kind of common characteristic to me my religion my race my gender you just cannot and this is the, i think the the, the I think the greatest capturing of this is that old Aesop fable where you know the jackal or the wolf eats the goat saying you know your father basically you know dirtied the stream and that's why I'm eating you because that is the that is the logic given by the wolf everywhere to take or eat the lamb because it feels bad for the wolf to say I'm just eating you because I can so they make up and it might be true also that of some injustice which had happened before so i believe and this this is again my belief that history cannot be rectified and you should not there are two parts of it you should not you should not attempt to rectify history and you should not also attempt to whitewash history and this is something which um, our liberati and our sec, and our, our so called secular intellectuals are very adept at doing especially for instance take the case of tipu sultan so the lengths to which they will go to to show that tipu sultan was an was not an begotten islamic king is is king is hilarious okay the fact that he had strategic alliances with hindus and he did one thing just so that to you know to be powerful to keep his does not necessarily mean that he was not a bigot and again the fact that tipu sultan was a bigot does not mean anything other than the fact that tipu sultan was a bigot it does not and this is where the right comes in that does not mean that you can generalize that and hold muslims accountable for what tipu did or what tipu babur did that what babur ka aulad thing i protest against that nobody is responsible for the babri masjid other than babur and perhaps his military generals and everybody who was associated with him and they're all dead long dead so for me i do not think that history can be rolled back i do but the, but the, i find myself increasingly in a minority because both the left and the right they all want to fight over history and they all believe that historical rights wrongs have to be rolled back 
The only thing is that the left has its own causes and the right has its own causes. And the left thinks that the right is wrong. The right doesn't have a media presence or doesn't own the platform. So it just can't express itself that way. So the left delegitimizes every attempt by the right to roll back history. To Again, I'll say it again. I don't believe in this. But if you believe in this, if you believe that historical wrongs should be righted by specific actions that we do now, then there's no reason why you cannot get behind this verdict because this verdict does precisely that. So this verdict, I would say, is a great verdict. It is, it is a great verdict in the sense that this is the most pragmatic and fair verdict that could have happened. There could have been no other verdict that could have been better than this. So again, given that majority, whether you be on the left or whether you be on the right, you want history to be rolled back. You want some symbolic, sometimes symbolic um, acknowledgement of a historic wrong. And I don't stand in that camp, but I understand I'm in a minority. And I also understand being a liberal, that you are not obliged to believe what I believe in. So I respect and acknowledge what you are saying. I might not agree with it 100%. So what was great about this judgment is that the Muslim side, they get, I think, more than the plot of land that they originally had. They get to make a mosque in another part of the city, I think, in the city, in a city, and this is important, which is no special religious significance for them. Ayodhya has no religious significance for, for the Islamic faith. Ayodhya does for the Hindu faith. And now you could be an atheist seed and say none of this actually matters, and that's fine. But the fact is, if you if 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 we are going to be, and we'll I'll come to that, you know, the Indian concept of secularism, it is the Hindus, it is the right of the Hindus to have their Jerusalem when all other religions have theirs in the world. Whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. But given the way the world is, this is the most just. What I especially liked about this judgment is the court recognizes the criminality of the destruction. This is where I think I have got the most amount of, let's say, disagreement, spirited disagreement from the Indian right on social media is that I've, I've, I've always said that the destruction of the Babri Masjid was a criminal action. It doesn't matter. Again, it doesn't, you know, even setting aside the point that history cannot be rolled back. There are laws. Again, the left is absolutely fine. Again, this, and this should not be taken as a sign of the left or the liberati is correct. I mean, they're, they're hypocrites of the first order. While they would say that the breaking down of Babri Masjid is, is, is a crime, they will say that uh, the Naksals are Gandhians with guns, that they have a legitimate cause for what they're doing, or that stone pelters in Kashmir are innocent freedom fighters. So they, they're perfectly fine with the law being broken. They're perfectly with fine with violence, so as long as it aligns with their worldview. So this is not to absolve them of their of the hypocrisy of their every word. This this is not this does not this is not that. But as somebody who recognizes, at least I recognize that the law has to be followed. Can I, I ask you something? Yes. A parallel. Uh, okay, I'm not sure there's, there's not exact a parallel in the U.S., but a couple of years ago there was this 
controversy uh, in US where they were tearing down the statues of what uh, former slave owners was it? And no, it was again two It was Confederate. It was so there was a civil war in the US. Okay, right. so these were the people who represented the Confederate side, which was the South, and which was fighting on the side of slavery. Of slavery. So there, at that time, what I saw was that liberals were saying, "Yes, it is a sign of oppression, so it must be torn down." Because every day, when a black person, uh, you know, a person of color or a black man passes it by, they're reminded of that time, so it it doesn't have a place in today's time. So, is there a parallel to be drawn here? So there is not a parallel to be drawn. So this is unfortunately the problem that happens when you, when people here take their cue from what happens in the U.S. So the the fundamental so the so this is so the underlying presumption is that the history of uh, African Americans in the U.S. is the same as the history of Muslims in India. It's not absolutely the it's not true at all. So the African Americans were were brought here forcibly from Africa in chains and oh, I, I meant quite the opposite i mean i i, I was talking about the, the oppression during uh, the, 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 the fact is that, that that over here you now history is exactly the opposite <laughs> by the way that it was hindus who were who, who had made the slaves right. and so it's exactly. it, there is there is no correlation between the two i, I so again in, in the us at least it was legal no nobody so towns passed ordinances in which these statues were taken down. So it was done in a civilized legal way. Okay. So again, I didn't, I, I, I as a person who just, just doesn't think history can be rolled back again, but again, I'm, 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 I'm not African American. I'm not American. I don't have any stake in this. So I don't care either way. So, but again, I, I, I in general believe that history cannot be rolled back, but in the U S it was not done in that somebody willy nilly went and took a stone and, 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 and broke something that, that, that does not happen in the U S if, if they, if somebody had done that, he would definitely have charges against him on charges of vandalizing public property. So this is, there, there would be no, nobody would come out and say, ah, but you know, there's, he's a Gandhian with gun. No, nobody would say that pretty much. I mean, again, there would be perhaps somebody on social media now, since, since everybody can has their voice, but in general, in the mainstream media, that, that would not be, that would not be defended. So again, the, the, the point comes in and again, to a larger point. Yeah. So over the last few years, I've been hearing that history can and should be rolled back. I don't agree with that, but in this case, what we're having is something similar to that. We have, you know, we have, uh, I, I, again, I, I just don't think them because I think this is all divisive. I don't think there's any reason to do this. I think there are far better things to do for us as a country and for us as a human race than to think of what happened 500 years ago. I think we have, we have pressing challenges in terms of the environment. There's so many things that need to be done. I don't think this helps anyone except politicians. That's just my opinion. So, but, but coming back to the, but coming back to the, uh, to the court judgment, um, I'm happy that the court sees the criminality of the destruction. And that is very important. I think it is very important that we accept that, that while what ultimately ended up happening could was possibly the right solution, the way we arrived at it was not. And it was not just the illegality of what happened, but the collateral damage that happened to the entire country because of the riots that started because of this act. It was not just the violence there on that day. So, Unfortunately, we all know that nothing will happen to those people. Um, I think the, 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 the deal has been, de- has been reached that justice will be so delayed that you know, time will take its course, given that the defendants are all on the wrong side of 85 at this point of time. Some, some of them are above 90 also. So 
again, this is for me the the quote unquote secular part of me. Um, the 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 one that the left here does denies exists. I take a very dim view of of, of communal violence. Uh, I've never I've never been a big fan of LK Advani, and I find this hypocritical to the extreme that you know LK Advani is now he, lionized because he's against Modi, given that his legacy is is far more violent in purely in terms of the numbers than anybody in independent India. Him, him, he is the guy who rode that chariot down. Nobody else. He did. He was there. He and his friends. Many of these people who are now the heroes at the Delhi Press Club, who who stand there, the, the, those people, uh, kind of their their whole crimes whitewashed away. The Arun Shuris of the world. They stand there, and then they just because they did not get the ministerships that they wanted. That and I think I, I, it's okay for them. I think it's you know. They are doing what most people do. It's the it's the whole chahat uh, Ramya uh, Krishna and burning the rose syndrome, and I get it. But uh, for, <laughs> for, for for the whole uh, for uh, for the whole uh, supposedly um, liberal intellect in, in intellectual uh, our our media to kind of allow them to be whitewashed. That is the ultimate hypocrisy, which just goes to show that even they don't care. For communalism, even they don't care for minorities who they always claim to. They don't really. They don't really. Um, so, again, I'm I'm happy that the Supreme Court accepted that, and which again comes down to this, this: this this was the most pragmatic solution. So, yes, we are a secular state, but this is not the French secular notion. So, there's the French notion of secularism, which is that. Um, no religion should be respected. That all religion is basically bogus, and that the state should not tolerate any expression of religion which goes beyond a certain parameter of liberty. So you're free to worship your god in your house. You're free to, you know, wear religious garb. But again, it's it, it's that's why the French had the burqa ban. So this is the only place which can, you know, ultimately this is this is strange in many ways in which why many people can't kind of decipher the French. I mean, ultimately they're they're the ultimate liberals, but they're not also. So they're very aggressive in in their liberalism, and and, and unlike many of our Indian liberals, they're very consistent in their liberalism. They don't do they don't go for the punching up, punching down. See, punching up, punching down. This actually comes from American liberalism. This is not French liberalism. French liberalism is very, very fundamentalist in its liberalism. So, it, it, and that I can appreciate. Is no religion is respected. Indian secularism has been different. It says every religion is respected, and anybody can say I'm offended, and the government will bow down to you. This has always been the Indian, Indian ethos of secularism. And in a way, while it does not sound correct, it perhaps has given India's diversity. Maybe it is the most pragmatic solution. So as I've been saying, you know, as I become older, I I kind of tend to understand the difference between uh, what is right and what should be done. When I was younger and more callow, I used to think they were the same thing always. That the the very fact that something was absolutely and logically right is why it should be done. But as I grow older, I realize that's not always the case, and that is where your judgment has to come into place as to what will happen because of this. And it's okay in a podcast or on social media to argue for that which is absolutely right. 
but i also understand the dilemma of those who are actually in charge of putting these things into practice of those whose decisions lives depend on for them to not be right all the time and to be pragmatic i also understand that i understand the 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 moral ambiguity of reality i absolutely understand that and i understand that you know being a father you you kind of understand that a little bit more because you're you're always playing in that morally ambiguous space um so uh i i i i think that this was the most pragmatic solution given india's notion or ethos of secularism and what indian that but there's a big problem in that indian i wouldn't say a problem but there is again a zone of ambiguity is what happens when two religions conflict where in in french secularism the solution is very simple i don't listen to either of them so there is no conflict i do whatever i think is right but in india where you have to listen to every every religion what happens if both religions want something and there's no way that both can be reconciled this is where the indian indian model of secularism kind of fails and french secularism does not but does indian i wouldn't say fails it does not define what the priority is and that's really been one of the core conflicts of our conception of indian secularism this is getting when rise to the notion of pseudo secularism so that whole notion of pseudo secularism as it used to be called classically i think it was vajpay and and at that age we started using the word pseudo secularism is now essentially captured by millennials as don't punch down so they decide who is the punch down and whenever you have this contention that religion or that community that is considered to be the down wins how do you decide that well Mm, that's the thing uh, they get to decide that in this case i think given the political climate and given where we are currently as a country in 2019 the supreme court does not in a sense take that route if there was a congress government if this i i don't know if it would have been the same thing and that's why i think there has been no decision so far because i think that india as a large and the supreme court as a large was not they did not have that guidance they did not know where to go on this in this resolution of this conflict and i think that now it's clear how that prioritization is going to be and again there will be a section which says that this is not a call for the courts to take and the courts actually say that we are not you know we did not doing this based on you know historic wrongs we're just doing based on the facts of the case but uh, i'm i'm a little skeptical that the facts of the case <laughs> uh we, we 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 the fact is that there was a temple there the fact is it was destroyed and uh there was the, the, this this was not a practicing mosque but the land was owned by muslim, the the muslim board and it was a mosque so the fact that there is going to be a temple there is not is that that this is the right solution because that was what was there that's what that place is known for and that's the way it has always been accepted e- even in independent india that there was really hindu worship going on in 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 a mosque essentially which means that even in the public conception e- that place is a temple and that place is ram's birthplace now many of our secular intellectuals our leftists will say that this is not the role of the courts the courts cannot legislate on these things that they have they have to be bound 
you know, rigidly by the laws. But uh, again, this is where this is again we come to the conflict of you know what sounds good in a tweet and what actually happens. It never happens. That's why that's why laws that why that's why legislation does not happen through a, a rule-based algorithm. It's not something which can be machine which can be done by machine learning. Ultimately, the laws have to be interpreted in the context of the age that we live in, and what is considered right, and what is considered appropriate. And that is why we have human beings who are applying these laws. That 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 part of it is that there is a human element to this judgment. It's a it was again an unanimous verdict, and I think it was the best verdict. And this is why we have courts. It's not to just like a robot interpret the laws, but also to to go and take a, a larger picture of of something. Is this is not just you know two people fighting over a plot of land. This is the the significance of this and the people for whom this means a lot. You know, again, I'm not one of them. So, so there are a lot of people for whom this means a lot. I did a lot of people who lost their lives. Uh, you know, taking brick, bricks for Kurseva. This 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 is something which is of great significance. To many people now, I might not, I might not understand why they did what they did, but I won't deny the legitimacy or the genuineness of the of what led them to do what they did. As I, one of my favorite words is thumos, the the spiritedness of any community, the the need for respect. And while I do not define my thumos through that, I define my thumos through Kolkata night riders, perhaps, but I I, I totally understand why. So, why this means so much and why so many people on my timeline i do have fun they were so emotional about this verdict i understand and i respect that um i don't feel that myself because again i religion does not mean that much to me as it means to a lot of people um but i but i but i do understand how they feel and i do understand that um i think in this case the supreme court took the exact right decision it made the exact it it gave the people who were who originally owned the land more than that land that they owned i believe they gave it in a similar place to do as they wished with it so there was no material loss for them but they also recognized that that specific area that specific coordinates has special significance and that the majority religion in this country they need a home and that is that place and this is it's not it's not just a, it, it's it has a lot of emotion attached to it it has a lot of history attached to it and right. this is the only resolution this is the only resolution which does justice to that so yes i believe justice was served Let again me, uh, i might ask not this though uh, yes a lot of people especially when very rightly are uh, at least you know praising we are basically praising ourselves in india saying okay you know what we have handled this in a very mature way so far at least there is no question of uh, i don't think there are any riots or any violence which has broken out which is all very good but i still think if the judgment had it gone the other way would we have still would has india matured to a level where you know people would have said ha huh, okay that's the judgment too bad See, the, the fact bad. is i'm not so much concerned about what people feel as the law enforcement that's in place for me i i i honestly don't so i i stay in a country where there are many right. white supremacists okay 
Now, I know that they, if they saw me on the road, they might want to kill me and my family. But I mean, I, I pass by them perhaps every day. So I cannot control the way they feel. And in a way, the centrist liberal part of me recognizes, okay, they might hate me. I don't care really. But the fact is, the reason why I can say I don't care is because the law is there. That ultimately the fear of the law, and that's why I that's why I that's why I so so do not support you know the breaking of a mosque or you know stone throwing or you know Gandhians with guns or anything. Because the fact is, once once you justify that a law can be broken for some reason, it can be broken for any reason. There is no other. There, there is no justification after that. So once you break it once, there's no reason. That's why all. I mean that kind of comes to my whole point about Kashmir and Article 370. Once you give Kashmir its independence, which is the only other option, that's it. Every state now has a right to independence. Every state. All that they need to do is create enough trouble, and they get their own nation. And India disintegrates within a few decades. And so th- this is the reason. This is the reason why th- this is a much larger aspect of justice than what's just written down in, in the pages. And that's why we have again. That's why we have judges. But coming to your point, if the verdict had gone the other way, uh, I think that the law. I mean, it depended on again. We will never know in an alternate history. But I think it again depended on the administration. And that that is what I'm more interested in rather than the people. I'm more interested in how. committed are the administration to upholding the rule of law i don't think that in this I, i think that again in india given the paucity of police officers and the sheer number of people it's very difficult to control communal violence when it breaks out and but i think about a place like mumbai where there's no government right now to speak of yeah but you can call in the military you, there there is always i mean why why while obviously i know that india is not us so there there is that just sheer the number of people that's it the sheer number of people packed into such a small place it's impossible for no matter how good or it for law administration to s- stop communal violence initially but yes i believe this is again my belief that you can control it if you have the mind and if you have the desire to do so because i saw it after babri masjid um in calcutta where riots broke out but it was controlled immediately immediately there was curfew and it was controlled during uh the, the during the sikh riots of 1984 uh sikhs from around the country came to calcutta because it was the only place where basically it was one of the very few places which was safe because there was a cpm government there i remember there was a gurdwara right behind where I, we used to stay and there were you know people from all over hindus from all over the place they just went and stood outside there to show their support and that then so that nobody could come in i mean they were isolated congress lumpens who were stopping buses and trying to burn them but you know the administration because they were their political opponents came down on it like a ton of bricks on them and that was i would say that was jyoti basu's finest hour 1984 I mean, again, it was politics, of course, but you know that one thing about one good thing you could say about the communist government was that they never, they never played this game. They never played the communal game. Any kind of communal thing, they would they would really come down hard on it. So I still think that again, I wouldn't know what would happen in Bombay. Again, you're right. There is no government in Bombay, but I still think that there is. See, one of the things I believe, and again, 
there is a reason why we haven't had the communal kind of conflagration of 2002 ever again i don't think that it's that the people have fundamentally changed i think our administration our media and now especially social media it's very difficult see 1984 the kind of things that people talk about wouldn't have happened today because somebody would have youtubed it and the kind of speeches and everything it would have been instantly youtubed and people they they knew at that point of time that they could go organize without being recorded without anybody with any proof i think that protection is gone in this day and age you have a spaghetti somebody will instagram it okay so there is there is that you there's the million cameras on you all the time at any place so i think that those things have kind of made it more difficult i'm not saying impossible but you know the kind of urban violence that we saw in bombay the bombay rights i honestly don't think that they will happen again at least to that scale because of these things i don't know what would have happened if the judge verdict had gone the other way that's true but let's acknowledge that nothing that 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 india has reacted in a very yes. positive i mean forget the talking heads on television and forget social media i mean ultimately they don't i feel they they don't have a big influence on the way india behaves i think ultimately it's the common people who are outside social media who do not watch news but who watch ztv but do not watch news as ztv i'm not saying z news but ztv the tv series so uh i think that they are the people who big boss the people who watch big boss yes but they are the people who are really the really the people who dictate the behavior of the country at large so while i'm pretty sure there's a lot of divisiveness on social media i think i i i'm happy that that but we don't see that in the streets i think that everybody i think that the the, the we give that ultimately the immature people really are are the lit fest crowd and 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 the lutians crowd and that, that right i i i again i know that using adjectives is is a lazy way out but i'm doing it because we're kind of ending the being the end of the show but i i think what's important is why why they can be provocative i think people i think in general people of all religions understand that this was the most pragmatic and just decision i think the fact that you find that 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 everybody has accepted this i mean there's a much more acceptance of this actually than of article 370 honestly that people understand that yeah actually, this this yeah. was the only way it could have been resolved and i think everybody i think people even i mean even say you know hindus of course not but what about muslims i i think that you know other religions also understand that and people are pragmatic and and we give them they, they have i mean india wouldn't have survived uh if the people had not been at a fundamental level on a macro scale this mature it just wouldn't have um and 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 it just goes to show the maturity and i i think this was i think i i saw this meme or whatever on whatsapp that you know that ultimately the biggest victory of indian secularism the muslim side was represented by hindu lawyer and yes. uh the hindu side's biggest witness was a muslim yes. uh, head of archaeological society of india who who was the most uh, passionate uh advocate for the temple and said that there was a temple there he was a muslim and so this this basically goes to show inherently that you know the 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 fundamental secular fabric of india it's, it captures in four lines you know the plurality of india that it might be the most divisive thing ever but just look at the people who are fighting it one side is in a way people from one side support the other where they feel it is fair 
So I think this is this this is this for me is is the greatest thing about this verdict. Yes, the verdict is pragmatic. It's the only way forward. But the fact that it's remarkable in this day and age for and we don't give India the credit that it deserves. I think I think again the the business model of our liberal intellectuals is to show India is terrible. I mean, we are a terrible country. We are racist. We are dirty. We are intolerant. We are just god awful. That's their that's their story. But that's not true. That is not true. And we see that today. That you know, not too many countries can take a verdict like this, like like we did, and we did it. So, you know, that it 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 it, it says something. For this country now, you know some people will say, "Oh, this is the essentially the the Hindu uh, ethos of of tolerance," and some people will say, well, "This is the idea of India." And I'm not going to get into that today, as to why this is the case. But it's paradoxical that something this divisive could be met with this level of, I would say, peace across the country. Because as I say, it comes back to the thing: this this was the most pragmatic solution, and I. There's many times where I don't agree with a lot of things that the Supreme Court in India says, but this time I'm 100% aligned with what they did. And uh, is that our podcast for today? That is the podcast for today. And we won't be having an episode next week. And I would want Arnab to tell you why, because yeah, so he's next very excited week, about it. <laughs> so next week I'm going to San Jose. So this this is about you know four hours uh, drive up up north. Um, to watch a Kumar Shanu, Alka Yagnik, and Udit Narayan concert. For what I've heard, Kumar Shanu actually came and you know sang songs for Durga Puja and San Francisco, and everybody was like very critical. Said he was he sang out of tune and everything. To be honest, I don't care. I'm just going there for my pilgrimage. This is what I'm passionate about. So but has he not left since then? I have no idea. I have no. He possibly <laughs> hasn't left since then. That could be the case. Uh, but uh, he's. Uh, but he's, he's here. I, I. I've always wanted to see those three in concert. I've never. I've never had gone to a live concert with any one of them. So this is again one of my bucket list items, and I'm really looking forward to that. And I will. I will let you know uh, the week after. You know how that went. Absolutely, and uh, this is where I remind you that you can write into us at ap podcast at talkingstuff.net or even WhatsApp us at nine six five two five seven double eight double three, and you need to add a plus nine one if you are outside India. Also, don't forget to head over to patreon.com/slash/greatbong. Do it right now. You know, I'll wait for you to open up your browser and pledge any amount that you are uh, comfortable with, and you can afford to show Arnab your support. We thank you for your support and uh, until next time, take care. Bye-bye.